It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to another episode here at A View From The Bullins. This is the weekly catch-up with myself, The Bobble, and I'm joined, as always, by the Spaniard, also known as Paul Draper. Paul, the Premier League is back this weekend. Everton face Fulham. At Goodison Park, it's a three o'clock kickoff. It's come round fast, hasn't it, mate? We are back. We are good. back. Good, good to finally be back. Finally talking about Premier League games mm-hmm. and not about silly transfers, pre-season, back in business, ready to go and do well this season. You ready? You ready for the Premier League? I was ready after the week after it finished. <laughs> <laughs> I've said to you that week after Bournemouth, I switched off a bit, but when it got to the set, I was like, come on. Who have we got this week? It has come round fast, hasn't it? Actually, I think it's gone quite slow for me. Do you? I think it's gone fast for me. I was speaking to my dad the other day and I was like, oh, I'll tell you what, this off-season hasn't, hasn't half gone, gone slow, you know, it feels like it's been gone forever. Mm-hmm. No, it's, yeah. it's gone quite It's gone quite quick for me. And obviously, the minute the pre-season game started, it just seems to pre-season then just flies I think it's because this season I never went many pre-season games mm-hmm. as maybe all the years, so it just feels slower. Mm. Now we're back. We are back. So Everton plays Fulham on Saturday. It's a it's a three o'clock kickoff. It's talking about the Fulham game. It's it's a, it's about you know on paper, mate. It's about as good of a home game and a first game of the season that Sean Dodge could have asked for, isn't it? Really? Yeah, and it's not like last season when we had Chelsea. That's what I mean. Who Chelsea were coming on the back of winning the no no sorry that was the year before when they yeah. won the Champions League. Um, but yeah, they signed a lot of players, Charles, didn't they? They had a bit of a, a yeah, good feel about them, I suppose. That's what they were going yeah. into. But with Fulham, they've had an indifferent pre-season. Obviously, Marcus Silva was linked with Saudi Arabia. Willian signed a new contract with Fulham, but then was again linked with with a Saudi move. Mitrovic refused to play for the club, although he's been kind of put back into the football, you know, back to the team or integrated back into the team. They've lost a serious player in midfield. Is it Paulista? Is it or Paulinho with the, with the shoulders? Oh, he got a shoulder injury, hasn't he? Oh, he's injured. Yeah, yeah, he's out. He's out for for a, for a number of weeks. I think you've with got Pereira sh- back then. Yeah, it was different. So they've had an indifferent, indifferent preseason. Obviously, it's been a bit of a topsy turvy one for them. But Tosin, the centre half, he's a 
he's frozen out. He wants to go to Monaco, mm-hmm. I think it is. Yeah, they've added Calvin Bassey from Ajax. who's a good centre-half. Yeah, he was previous people may know him from the time he had at Rangers. But yeah, really, really good centre-half. So yeah, they've had a bit of an indifferent pre-season Fulham. But what, what are you expecting from Fulham on Saturday? Hard team to play against. We know what Marco Silva wants. He wants to have, wants to have possession, he wants to play attacking football, create chances. Big question mark for them is who starts up front? Mm. Does Carlos Vinicius get the nod? Does Mitrovic get the nod? Maybe Bobby Dick or over either the false nine role, Andres Pereira in false nine. We don't know what they're going to present with that. I'd expect Vinicius, I think, to play for them. Try and get long balls, crosses, knockdowns and try and play as much as what they can to Mitrovic without having Mitrovic up to game speed, match fitness mm. as of yet. Yeah, be a tough game, but as I said with Lee in a previous podcast, Everton have got to fancy themselves against Fulham every single time. Every single day of the week, you've got to fancy yourself against Fulham if you're an Everton team. Mm. So I think we'll be fine, mate. Mm. It's, a, it's a game, isn't it, where at the start of the season, if you look at home games, you would pencil in wins or you'd like to think you'd pencil and wins against the likes of Fulham at home, Bournemouth, yeah. Crystal Palace, Luton, Sheffield United, Burnley. And, you know, Everton awesome. struggled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Everton struggled last season, didn't they? Because they didn't win these sort of games at home. Yeah. You know, Fulham put us to the sword at Goodison Park. Um, you know, the likes of Southampton come to Goodison and, and got victories, Wolves. You know, when, when you look at all these, uh, these results... That was Everton's downfall. Everton's away form is, is poor. We know it's poor, but you've got to control the controllables. And of course, you can control your away form a little bit better, but your home form is what keeps clubs in, in the Premier League. Nottingham Forest stayed up because of their home form. When your home games and draw your aways, that's always been the same, hasn't it? Yeah. And I think... When your home games when and Dyche came in, we were yeah. sort of doing the aways. We, we, we had a good record away from home with Dyche. Mm. But I don't even think we lost against Fulham and Villa. I think yeah, we lost Villa. our home too. On the day show, it's just and and obviously obviously Manchester City, but they're the best team in the world, so mm-hmm. that's something that it can happen. You don't yeah. want it to happen, and you don't expect it, but it can because yeah. they are so good. But yeah, you got to be you have to have got to have a solid home form, solid. You need to have a solid team though to be fair to play a a, a game plan that can be solid at home, and I think that's something that we're lacking at the moment. We've got a few players not fully up to speed and fitness. They like to. Dom, obviously the big talk and played mm. all summer, all pre-season. Dan Juma has had a knock. It's still to be seen if he'll be available the weekend. The striker coming in from Sporting Lisbon, we don't know if it will be even done in time, if he'll have any sort of training sessions to bend him, bend him with the team, be involved. Dwight McNeil, we know, is probably out. Yeah. So it's oh, Demari Gray hasn't, hasn't, isn't even training with the team. No. He, he wants Fulham. Funnily enough, mm. so you just know as well, don't you? If he'd have signed for Fulham by now, yeah, he'd have scored something. Oh, I'd have put my money on it. Yeah, I'm me. I'd have put my house on it. He'd have scored the winner. Maybe not me. I would have put a few quid on it. <laughs> Do you agree with that with Damari Gray? You know, we just spoke about it in the studio. Do you agree with that? Not that Damari Gray may be leaving the football club. Do you agree with the handling of Damari Gray in terms of not training with the first team right now and almost not been banished but been pushed aside? Or do you feel that he should have been? allowed or kept training with the first team until the move transpired because at the moment now we have a player who hasn't trained with Everton for what a good eight nine days or trained with the first team has he trained with the first team since he's been back at all he briefly did then got then it stopped then so, it stopped so, so he basically hasn't trained since the back of last season with the first team so, basically. Do, so do you agree with that though or do you think that the club and Sean Dyke should have kept him with the first team until a move hit the point where it was at no return where he was going to be joining Fulham because at the moment 
there's still a, a, a disparity in, in valuation between the player, between Everton and Fulham. So if, and if it didn't happen, Paul, and say Demary Gray's move to Fulham collapsed for whatever reason, what did Everton then do with a player that you've almost pretty much banished? I think he should be training with the first so team, do I. definitely. Just because of the lack of quality and the lack of availability mm-hmm. and bodies that they've got. Maybe not playing the preseason games to avoid injuries and maybe not put him at risk and not maybe make a move fall through or anything because Dice doesn't fancy me, doesn't fancy Dice. You've said numerous times. There's like that respect. There's a mutual them. respect there between you, the two you've that they got just that don't opinion fancy each me. other. I've got that opinion. You, yeah. We both think that's fine. It's not like a hatred or anything like that. They both sort of respect each other. I, I personally, you you know my thoughts on Gray. I think I'll, I'll be very happy to see him lead the football club for the room and fees of 10 to 12 million. I think if Evan can get 10 million for Damari Gray, mm. after signing for 1.5 million, it'd be outstanding business, especially from a financial point of view. Yeah, for the books, it's With great. the profits and yeah. sustainability, the, the financial fair play in the, in the league. But, however, until he goes, he should be at, at least training with the first team, I think. Especially with the way the first team attacking options are in in terms of injuries and fitness and and low numbers. If if we already had a low a, a low quality attack in terms of numbers and and bodies, if you take out now Damari Gray, who I'm not his biggest fan, but he has got a bit of a goal threat about him. He is some he is someone that can make things happen. Then you are just basically shooting yourself in the foot, and that's something that we need to look at and improve because it doesn't help. And it probably doesn't help the value of the player either when you're trying to sell him. So you're saying that you would have got him back into training with the first team and given minutes in pre-season? I'm not sure on the minutes in pre-season. I'm definitely training with the first team, but I'm not sure in giving him minutes and potentially risking an injury, especially seeing McNeil got injured in, in that Stoke game after a few not-so-nice uh, tackles that mm. Stoke put into him. Yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting debate, and it's you know I've seen quite a few questions raised on it and on social media in terms of if Tamaru Gray was integrated back into the first team, would he have started on Saturday? I think there's an argument that he might have, especially with Dwight McNeil out injured. Yeah, he probably would have based on our, based on on the in, on the fitness of the, of the attackers. Yeah, he he, he does start. Mm-hmm. Probably starts on the left. I think Calvert Lewin starts up front, and then Juma may have been off him or Gray on the right, and then Drew and and then Juma on the left. Sorry. Mm-hmm. It's just how Dice feels, or whatever Dice would have felt about it. But again, I'm not sure if this is a Dice decision to have him not training with the first team, or if it's come from higher up to him. Maybe Kevin Thelwell, Dan Perdy, the chairman, the owner, who who knows who's made mm. that decision of Demari Gray not training, or if he's made it himself, which has happened sometimes. We've seen it in January with with Anthony Gordon. He he didn't turn up to training, so. It's one of them, isn't it? It's a very, very complicated issue when, when things like this happen. And I don't feel like it's got enough sort of, not traction, but it hasn't been really spoken about. It's like, okay, it's happened. So people have accepted it, which is mm. fair enough and it's understandable. But I feel like there needs to be a bit of a better plan with, with Damari until he's gone, if he does end up going. Mm. How much would you accept? Would you accept 10, yeah? 10, 11.5 probably. 10 on wood would be a very good sale for me. Mm. What about you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think anything around 10 million is really, really good business, especially when you look at it, like, the, the financial side of it. Obviously, with Everton only buying in for 1.5 from Leverkusen, it's almost, pretty much all profit. So, yeah, I, I get the logic behind it. Sean Deitch isn't... I've said it numerous times on, on the Patreon channel. 
you know, Sean Dyche isn't a huge fan of Damari Gray. Damari Gray isn't a huge fan of Sean Dyche. And that's not to say they dislike each other. They just don't feel that, obviously, Sean Dyche doesn't feel Damari Gray fits into his sort of team. And Damari Gray doesn't feel like he is... Will, yeah, and he'll be utilised in the way that he wants to be utilised under a Sean Dyche team. And I, I totally get it. And that's football. When a new manager comes in, some players benefit from a new manager change. Abdullah Dekor is a great example of someone yep. that benefited from the manager change. Obviously, he was on his way out under Frank Lampard. Deutsch comes in. His career is yeah, Everton. His time at Everton is revolutionised. He comes back and he, he's almost a, one of the first names on the team sheet, whereas Damari Gray, who was liked by Frank Lampard quite a lot, then finds himself on the periphery and, and struggling to, to, you know... <laughs> convince Sean Dyche that he has a place in the team. But moving on from, from Demario Gray, he's not training with the first team, so unlikely, obviously, he'll be involved on Saturday. Centre-half, Paul, that's another area where it sparks a lot of debate, this. And on the Patreon channel, you know, over the week, we've, we've had numerous people talk about the centre-half partnership and who should start on Saturday against Fulham and who should maybe Sean Dyche go with. I think everyone is in agreement that James Tarkovsky is obviously Everton's number one centre-half at the moment so he obviously always gets the nod and obviously he's now with Seamus Coleman out he is the skipper as well so he starts but it's the next spot that people just haven't really agreed on I've had Jared Branthwaite it's been quite a popular decision a lot of people have, have pushed for him quite a few people have actually pushed for Ben Godfrey because they feel like he gives us pace in a back four that isn't particularly quick and then obviously you have Michael Keane, who we all know Sean Dyche is a big fan of. He, he's known him from the Burnley days. He has a lot of trust in Michael Keane. Who would you go for and why? Jared Branthwaite, because I think he's the best out of the three. And based on what I've seen of him before he left on loan, while he was on loan, and the two and a half games he's played, well, the two four games he's played, if you count the two 45 minutes and the full 90. Mm. Against Wonder, I think he ha- he's been all right pre-season. I think he's been fine. Sounds Godfrey. He's got. I think he's lost a bit of pace too. I think that long COVID really, really affected Godfrey, and I just think he has never ever been able to recover from it. And it, it's happened to athletes that got a co- mm. coronavirus. He just what they haven't been able to to um, to recover from it, or some of them, some of them even had to retire, especially when you look at. And MMA fighters that I, I am a big fan of that sport, so it is something that that I've seen quite a bit. Michael Keane, I, I I think we've seen his best his best games in Everton shirts. I don't think there'll be any better games coming from him. So yeah, I, I will go for Jared Branthwaite. I think Branthwaite coming on a half time against Lisbon was sort of an indicator for it. He wanted to get to give minutes into Godfrey and Branthwaite to just play the full ninety three or four days before, mm. after, also the 45 against Stoke. So I think him bringing Branthwaite on is sort of an indicator that that's where he'll go. And for me, him and him and um, Tarkovsky can complement each other really well. People do mention Godfrey's pace, have you and me have rightly said. But when Branthwaite gets going with them long legs he's got, he is quite quick and, and he has got quite that recovering pace in behind and... Mm. I will just go Branthwaite. I think he's the more exciting and the better option of the of the, of the three available because obviously we know Mason always he's, he's not even involved. He hasn't even been involved in in a first team preseason, so you know he's not an option. I think I agree with you. I think Jared Branthwaite is probably the preferred option for me. Uh, I think he's coming back from obviously a PSV loan where he, he he's done really really well. He's gone away and he's 
he's worked on the areas of the game where there was concerns, there was question marks, and it was his football attributes. That's what they were worried about. Physically, they always thought he had it. He's always had a decent turn of pace. You know, I've said a, a you know numerous times his nickname was the Baby Giraffe, and that wasn't in 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 disrespect to him. It was just they sometimes felt that his legs were just too long and his brain couldn't compute as quick as his legs and it was like a sometimes he just the ball would get lost under his feet and that's what they used to call him the baby draft but I, and they still called him in Carlisle and I think they did an interview him in Holland when he was at PSV and they spoke about that um, and he took it all in, in good jest of course but I thought his move to PSV was really brave I've spoke about that previously he could have maybe stayed in the UK and gone to the, a championship team but no he, he wanted to go over to uh, Netherlands and work under Marcel Brands is obviously the director there and I, th- I think it was a real brave decision going over to a foreign country on your own at his age and I think he's come back a better player from what I'm told he trains really well he's bulked up a little bit um, you know, he's a big lad Jarrett Branthwaite absolutely massive lad he, he towers over James Tarkovsky when you watch him when they're standing in the box yeah for a corner of the day I was quite close to that he towered over him he's absolutely enormous uh, and he's he's got high ceiling a really high ceiling Branthwaite, you feel like he could kick on and become a, a top, top centre-half if, obviously, he he, he, he kicks on as, as much as we hope he does kick on. So, yeah, he'd be my preference, although I have a nagging feeling that, I know it's still early, I have a nagging feeling that Sean Dyche is going to settle with Michael Keane until further notice. And I think Jared Branthwaite may have to be quite patient um, and bide his time and then strike when the moment's right to, to oost. Michael Keane out of that position and, and cement a spot but moving on from centre halves obviously Everton play Fulham it's a three o'clock game on Saturday wingers we've got a few winger problems obviously Dwight McNeil is injured Damara Gray's so-called banished from the first team and he's not training with the lads so we've got Alex Awobi Arnat Danjuma's coming back from a slight knock himself James Garner featured on the right against Sport in Lisbon he played right wing we've got limited options on the wings haven't we mate yeah, we've got very limited options on the wing, as you said. Dan Juma's coming back from a knock um, to be seen. Well, we'll see when Dice gives his press conference later in the week if he will be available or not. Or, or not. Alex Wobie's had a tough pre-season at wide. To, I'll tell to you say, what, he to was... To say r- the least. You, I, you I know, haven't been I, a big fan of him. I, I know you're a big Alex Wobie fan. Big Wobes. But I'm going to say it. And I know it's only pre-season, but he put in one of the worst displays at Stoke I've seen he's doing too many bleep tests goodness me he was horrendous he's not a winger we we know that yeah he he, he said it himself we know he's a he likes to be a left eight sort of moving Mm. into the 10 however he can do a job there people may think not to the best of his ability but he can do a job there. he can be relied on he's got a lot of work I think he won't stop running he'll run up and down that that line for years I think he'll play Defo in the on the right on the right wing, and it's a case of who's, who's available for the left wing. We really, really need Dan Juma to hopefully be fit and ready to go. That's probably the role he wants to play in the left, cutting inside, dropping in behind the striker. Hopefully, to be Dominic Carvalho. But so for me, yeah, would be them two out wide probably. Mm. It will be and and Dan Juma. I think uh, an option. I think you didn't mention. They should be really, really impressed with preseason. Lewis Dobbin. Who knows? You might might find himself with a with a shock. Premier League start come Saturday. Yeah, fair shout. Yeah, Lewis Dobbin is is, is impressed 
out of all the youngsters, he's impressed the most. Uh, he's impressed Sean Dyche the most, so much so that you know he's under consideration to being kept around the first team with others like Lewis Warrington and, and co all being loaned out or shipped out like Lewis Gibson. So yeah, a, a, a tricky one there, Lewis Dobbin. I think obviously I think a start to push. You could see him maybe coming on for ten minutes in games at the moment and running at back four, a tired back four, because um, he's got really really good pace. He's quite dynamic and he could stretch teams. But in terms of starting, I think it's a little early for him. And, and, you know, he's done really well pre-season, really, really well. He's shone. Um, like I say, I think he's one of the big winners in pre-season. There's always winners and losers in pre-seasons. People always shock coaches and shock managers and, and come through and, and have a great pre-season. And others sometimes do flag a little bit um, and maybe don't do so well. But Lewis Dobbin's a big winner. He's a big, big winner. And Sean Dyche has said, you know, to the press a number of times that he's given him a bit of a headache. He's given him food for thought. So, yeah, massive credit to Lewis Dobbin, the way he's come back and the way he's applied himself this pre-season. He's, he's been absolutely fantastic. So good for him. And you'd argue he's not a bad option if we need a goal, you know, with 10 minutes to go in games at the moment. He could, like I say, he can stretch defenders, beat and a man. And teams don't know what he's like. Exactly. It's he's the unknown, isn't he? He's the unknown. Yeah, that's what you get with him. Um Academy graduates or young kids, the yeah. teams haven't got enough data or enough footage mm. on them. Probably with them being at Derby, they can sort of go there, but it's one of them. I think I don't think he'll start, but I mean, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if he does really because the options and how Daish has, how impressed Daish has been with yeah. him over over the preseason. Mm. So I think probably for him, the best is to stick around and last few days of the window, get a loan in the championship and go there and play 30, 35 games. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you like listening to a view from the Bullens, why not give us a, a chance on our Patreon channel? You can catch us also at www.thebullensview.co.uk. This is not a sales trick. It's not a sales tactic. But honestly, if you like what you listen to, give us a go. We have so much content from pre-match and post-match views to information podcasts called The Media Rounder, which are infamous, to fans' views, to the, this view between Paul Draper and myself. We have articles, don't we, from Tactical Matt, who talks about yep. match analysis, player analysis. We have transfer updates. We do so much, not to mention all Special. our Guests. Special guests, absolutely, not to mention all our charity and community work in and around Liverpool. Honestly, give us a go. It's really, really good, and we'd absolutely love to have you on board. And also, we'd love your feedback as well, whether it's good or bad. Give us feedback. We're always looking to improve this content and this channel for you guys. So, Paul, moving on. Everton v Fulham, three o'clock. Let's talk about it. It's a big game, isn't it? And I know we've previously spoke about on this podcast that winning our home games is massive. 
But given the kind of the mood around Goodison Park at the moment, and it is a bit dreary at times, isn't it? There's a bit of negativity. Can you, you know, you think about this after Saturday. You think come five o'clock on Saturday, if we've won, the mood is going to be buoyant. It's going to be buzzing, and we're going to be thinking, right, let's get another player through the door ahead of Villa. But if you lose, and if we do lose, goodness me, it, it's going to be. It's not going to be. It's going to be back it's, to square one. It's not going to be pretty, is it? It, it's going to be back to square one and like, oh my God. And then I could, it can make them bring a sense of panic into the fans, but also into the recruitment team, the direction of football, the the interim board, the manager. Well, I don't think the manager, he, he doesn't panic under any sorts of situations, doesn't he? He's as mm. calm as a, as a cucumber, I think the saying is. Cool as a cucumber. Cool. Okay. Same thing. He's, he's also <laughs> calm. But yeah, I think I think we'll win. Me, I'm not really worried for the season. Based, you think you think you think. I think we'll do well. Just you think we've got thirteenth, fourteenth, think you're twelfth. You think around there. With the current squad, yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I'll say it out here. If we get a few a few attackers in and primarily centre half of good good quality, I think with Daish, and obviously all his coaching staff, who I, I've been very very impressed with. You know how much how much I like what the job they've been doing at Everton. I don't see why they can't push for the top half finish. I know it's a bit extreme and probably premature, but... I admire it, mate. I do. <laughs> but I, I just think the quality of the league isn't the best. And as long as I think as long as you are organised and, and hard to beat, you'll get a lot of points in this league. And a lot of the teams down the bottom, I just see them as a bit of a mess. Especially the likes of Wolves, West Ham, Sheffield United, Bournemouth, Luton. I just think we've got a better manager than all of them. So mm. I think we can be calm and out of trouble early this season. Mm. No, no, I, I can see why people would say that. You look at, you know, look around the ground. You look at Wolves. You know, in absolute turmoil. Sheffield United are, uh, you know, selling players left, right, and centre. Selling their two best players, it seems. Um, you know, Luton haven't really improved much, obviously on paper, especially with transfers coming in. Burnley have done okay. Uh, Crystal Palace obviously lost Zaha, and obviously there's been a few links elsewhere. Brentford have lost. Ivan Tony's obviously Ivan suspended. Tony and David Raya. David Raya's gone to Arsenal, so yeah, imminently going to Arsenal. So that's what I mean. When you look around the ground, you can see Nottingham Forest are struggling, obviously. They've got some financial worries. They owe a lot of money out now, and they've had a bit of an indifferent summer. So yeah, I can see why, you know, you are maybe a little bit more optimistic themselves. Um, but yeah, I, I do agree with you with Sean Dyche. He gives us a chance, and I think that's something that we've got to cling on to. Good enough players up front and like at the back. I'm not saying the current squad. The current mm. squad for me finishes between 12th and 15th, 13th and 15th. But he still right gives now. us a chance, doesn't he, Dodge? Even with yeah. this current squad, and he because he, he, he's he has us so well drilled. And and I know you can't read much from preseason. Uh, and yeah, we've just spoke about this on the Patreon. You, you can't read much from preseason games. You really can't. And Everton obviously aren't, aren't scoring many goals. One against you know one against Stoke, none against Bolton, one against Wigan. One against Sporting, yeah, and we're not screwing, and obviously we're not conceding many. Granted, there's a number of clean sheets in there, but one thing we are looking, we're structurally as a team, they look so much better, so much more organised. When they're off, we're not the great football team. Look, let's just have it right. We know what we are. We're not a great footballing team, but off the ball. They look very, very well drilled. They know where they need to be off the ball. They keep their shape very, very well. I know it's only pre-season and I know you can read too much into it and obviously the intensity is a little bit different. I get it. But just looking at pre-season, you can see that he's worked very hard on the structure. One thing that he hasn't kind of got to grips with yet, again, 
just looking at pre-season, is the transition when Everton do turn the ball over. Sometimes against Sporting and against Stoke, there's a few moments where it's three on three or four on three. And, and, and that's an area where I know Sean Dyche won't like. He doesn't like that. He doesn't like teams breaking on his teams. He doesn't like it. He likes professional fouls, slot the play, take professional yellow cards, slow the game down. He doesn't like teams breaking on his teams. Yeah, we, we don't like stopping counter-attacks, don't we? No, we don't. I don't know why we don't do it enough. You know me, mate. I'm at Garams and I am screaming when teams are breaking. I remember at Anfield last season. Yeah, you screamed down, mate. Yeah, I was screaming for someone just to hack him and take a yellow. I think I was shouting, hack him, just take the yellow, take the yellow. Take the yellow it was. Yeah. I, I, I still get nightmares of you shouting <laughs> down me. Take the yellow, take And what happened? Yellow. It was in the back and, of the and, net and five seconds later because we didn't yeah. take the yellow. Just take... That's what I loved Gareth Barry. Not because of he was a great foot, but one of the best things about him was that he knew exactly when to take a foul and when not to take a foul. And he would always be happy just to take a yellow, snide yellow, and just stop a dangerous counter. And Everton haven't done that enough over the last couple of years. They've been too nice. And I think under Deutsch... Fernandinho for City were fantastic, Harry. Brilliant. Absolutely superb at it. They just take the yellows at the right time. They take the professional fouls at the right time. But I do think under Deutsch, it's something that he will work on, and he obviously is working on. Because he said it last season, didn't he? After games, you know, we need to be... You know, the game management needs better. We need to be nastier. We need to understand the game a bit more. And he's, he's getting at that. We, we need to take these fouls and stop moments, you know, go, you know, breaking on us. Just take a yellow card or take a foul. Because sometimes you might not get a yellow card. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. But ultimately, you've got to stop counters. And like, just looking at pre-season again. I think a big one was also Traore at Wolves. That was another one. Yeah, they didn't. They, James Garner had a chance. I think Onana had a chance. I think there was a couple yeah, of, was that a had a chance to take it and they didn't and they scored. Well, it but it was Idrissa Gay and Onana. Yeah, no, we had a couple to take the chance there. But just going back to pre-season, like I was saying, it's still there. Everton do look vulnerable. It has happened a couple of times in pre-season. So again, I know you can't read much into pre-season, but that is still a bit of a worry for me, that, that transitional area. But structurally wise, they, they, they do look a lot, lot better. Looking at the left-back position, obviously Vitaly Mikalenko has been out for most of pre-season. Ashley Young's played pretty much all of pre-season. He's, even at his age of 38, he's logged a lot of minutes this pre-season. I know you're nodding your head at me, mate. You've been really, really impressive, Young, haven't you? Yeah, I weren't really sure on him signing, but since he's come in, he's been solid, available, reliable, and experienced. Or you, everything you'd expect from Ashley Young, he's mm-hmm. been. Yeah, especially when you're obviously because when he's signing, you sort of look more into it. Remember, you and me did the did the did the podcast on it and how reliable he was, how fit he'd been, how how he doesn't get injured his last absence through being unavailable whether it not be in yellow cards or suspensions, mm. was when he had COVID three years ago, which he was out for three weeks due to isolation. And before that had been two years ago, I think he missed three games or something. So he's only, I think he's only missed large periods of 10 or more games twice in his whole career. Yeah. Yeah. And he, as you say, he's 38. He looks, probably looks the fittest fella in the, in the team. <laughs> it's, it's really good to see how professionals can keep going to that age and he's been really really impressive and for me starts Sati left back ahead of Mikhalenko he, he, apart from everything everything I've just said just because Mikhalenko isn't up to speed yet either mm. and right now it's Mikhalenko's job to get that shirt of Ashley Young Ashley Young unfortunately for Mikhalenko came in when Vitali was injured and he's done enough to keep his shirt for me in pre-season so it's now Mikhalenko's job to step up his game and take the shirt of Ashley Young and that's something that Young will will thrive on competition and 
having to be the best of raising standards and training, and that's what you want. Mm. So another player, moving on from left-back, Paul, yeah. a player that is imminently signing for Everton is, or appearing to sign for Everton, is Youssef Chimiti from Sporting. 19-year-old striker. Finally, Everton have a striker, although it doesn't look like he's going to be for the here and now. Looks like he's maybe going to be, hopefully, fingers crossed, all being one in the transfer window. Third choice with Dominic Carver-Lewin, then another one, and then Chimiti with potentially Neil Morpé. <laughs> maybe leaving the club if all being well if it all goes to plan shall we say Chimiti you happy with that one I haven't seen enough of him to be happy or mm. or disappointed with it it's always good to have a striker in but I don't want to fall into the trap of last season where a certain mate of ours called called Ben said he was happy with more pay <laughs> uh, and now he hasn't lived that one down by the way no he has said I was happy with him he has took it on the chin to be fair to him but yeah, it's it's always exciting to get young prospects from European clubs that seem to have a high ceiling. Spoke to a, a good friend of mine who's, who has sort of worked in scouting video and video analysis of football and, he just, and he's probably the person I know that watches the most football in the world. And he said he has potential to be a very good player. So hopefully he can learn off Dominic Carver-Lewin and another striker to come in, hopefully. And even more, if he ends up staying and you, and you have four different strikers so yeah best of luck to him and hopefully we don't have to rely on him too much too soon like we probably did on Moise Keane when he came mm, yeah, yeah absolutely that's a great point actually yeah we need to make sure we don't put too much pressure on the lad give him time to develop give him a chance to develop let him learn his craft at Everton let him learn off the likes of Dominic and and Dan Juma and, and hopefully another striker as well and you know really really come blossom as the year goes on obviously we can't expect too much too soon so Everton v Fulham Saturday 3 o'clock here we go the Premier League is back Paul it is prediction time we are back prediction time then mate Goodison Park you're there in the Gladys what is your prediction Everton to Fulham nil. goals to be scored by Jared Branthwaite and Dominic Calvert-Lewin 2-0 for you and I'm going to go I'm going to give people gonna, this is going to be a positive podcast oh to start the God. season yeah it is I am going to go Everton 1 Fulham 0 wow I, think, I, think, I don't know who's going to grab the goal and I think it'll be a very very close game I think Fulham will have more of the ball I think Everton will surrender most possession but I think Everton I think physically we can we can match them and fitness wise we can pretty much match most teams fitness wise so I'm going to go 1 0 Everton we're going to start the season positive mate new big season, three points new bubble yeah <laughs> big three points for the Blues at Goodison Park on Saturday and there we have it guys that is the weekly catch up here at A View from the Bullings again please give us a go over on our Patreon channel there's so much content every single day from podcasts to special guests to articles there's so much going on over our page I'll give it a go honestly it's absolutely fantastic well we think it's fantastic anyway anyway in the meantime up the top is on Saturday if you're going to the game if you're not going to the game get behind them wherever you are in the world whether it's in the UK America or wherever you are in the world get behind those blues on Saturday and let's hope we are celebrating three points on the post-match podcast here at A View from the Bullens in the meantime take care and all the very best heavy pod that was a heavy that. That was. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.